Welcome to the Unsweetened Sayo podcast. My name is Siobhan Harris. I am a certified integrative nutrition health coach and the founder of unsweetenedsayo.com. I gave up all sugar and all flour on January 13th, 2018, and am finally free of my addiction. My mission is to help other sugar addicts find their path to freedom and live the sweet life without sugar. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 171 of Unsweetened Sayo, the podcast. Today is probably going to be my favorite guest yet. I'm so excited about today. As many of you know, because I talk about it a lot how important the emotion code and body code was for me um, and my own journey of recovery, so much so that I got certified in both. Um, And today we actually have the creator of the emotion code and body code with us, Dr. Bradley Nelson. Dr. Bradley is one of the world's foremost experts on natural methods of achieving wellness. Over decades of work as a holistic chiropractic physician, and his studies of ancient medical practices and modern quantum physics, Dr. Brad developed the Emotion Code, a system for releasing the trapped emotions that block us from wellness, and the topic of his best-selling book, The Emotion Code. His new book, which we're going to talk more about today, The Body Code, Unlocking Your Body's Ability to Heal Itself, is coming out in February. So thank you so much, Dr. Brad, for being here and welcome. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I'm uh, I'm excited to be here and connect with your audience. Yes, me too. And as we were kind of chatting before we started recording, I had was showing them that I had my copy of the emotion code and I've pre-ordered the body code. Oh, Dr. Brad has his too. But <laughs> I was saying, you know, I actually got mine. Oh yeah, <laughs> autographed because... I was able, so fortunate to be able to attend the Emotion Code workshop in person. Dr. Brad does these one-day workshops, and this was pre-COVID. So December 2019, he hosted one in Bothell, Washington, which is where my cousin lives, like right down the road from where it was. So it just worked out great. I drove from Portland and was able to attend in person, which was so special Um, Even though I had the book, it was something about seeing it done in person and getting to practice on other people. And I was hooked. You know, I knew that this was something that I wanted to do. I started just practicing it on my own with my family and my friends and the kids. And then just felt called to be able to help other. It just helped me so much that I wanted to be able to help other people. So I got certified in the emotion code. And then was able to get certified in the body code because as I learned more about that, it just was fascinating to me. So I'm just so grateful for you, Dr. Brad, and the help that this has been for me in my own recovery. But I am just so curious to you, and I know this, but will you tell us a little bit about your own background and kind of how you even discovered and then, you know, started using the emotion code? Well, sure. Um, you know, it, it actually goes back to when I was seven years old. Um, I, I've been on this journey for a long time, but that was the beginning. Um, I, uh, I was really sick with the measles and, uh, you probably heard this story, but, uh, maybe some of your listeners haven't heard it. Um, 
I, I was really sick. I had overheard my parents talking about uh, the plan for me. And they, I had overheard them say that uh, they were going to check me into the hospital the next day. And I was going into something called an oxygen tent. I didn't really know what an oxygen tent was, but um, they had made a bed for me on the couch. So I could be near their bedroom. And, uh, and I remember very, very well lying there feeling really ill. And then everyone else had gone to bed. My folks came into the room and uh, my mother said to my father, she said, honey, will you kneel down with me and say a prayer for our boy? So he'll be able to get well. So they did. And uh, knelt down by the side of the couch. My dad starts offering this prayer and my dad, you know, my dad wasn't a pastor or preacher or anything like that. He was, uh, he was in real estate and construction and, but I think he was, they were really worried about me because I, I, was, I was really sick. And uh, so my dad starts offering this prayer, probably the first time I'd ever heard him pray, I imagine. And um, in the middle of this short, heartfelt prayer, this miraculous thing happened. This change began at the top of my head and it went through my body about that fast to the soles of my feet. And with that, uh, I was just completely healed. And uh, to go from being really sick one moment to being totally well in the next instant is something that's just impossible to forget. And I held my tongue till my dad was done praying, which didn't take long. And it was done. I said, I'm, I'm better. I'm better. And uh, the next day, you know, really proved to them also that I was completely better. And that was kind of the beginning because it taught me uh, in this really profound way. I mean, <laughs> It's hard to describe how bizarre that is to go from being really sick to just instantaneously perfectly healthy in the next instant is just crazy. And so that's that uh, event, uh, the memory that's burned into every particle of my being, right? Mm -hmm. But that taught me that there's a higher power that we can draw upon. And so um, that's really been the basis of everything. It was It was an answer to prayer really for me to go into healing arts. I had wanted to do that. Um, I was healed of kidney disease when I was about 13 years old. There was nothing that, uh, uh, no medical treatment available for me. And I was getting these pains in my back that would put me on the ground or take my breath away. It was really kind of terrifying. And uh, I was diagnosed with kidney disease, but the medical doctors uh, at the clinic in town said there was nothing that they could do. I was either going to get better or I wasn't. It was up to me. It was up to my own body. And my own body wasn't doing all that well. My kidneys were hemorrhaging on a low level and kind of really fighting for survival. And if they died, that was it for me. I was done. They didn't do heart trans or they didn't do kidney. They didn't do any kind of transplants back then, let alone, you know, kidney. Uh, and so uh, I was on my own, but my folks decided they would try some alternatives. Took me to see some old time holistic doctors that practice out on the edge of town um, in a trailer house in the middle of a wheat field. And, and these people started working on me and immediately my body started responding. And I knew that, uh, I knew that what they were doing was really what my body wanted. And within a few weeks, I was totally better. And, uh, within about a month, my parents took me back to the clinic and they ran all the tests again. And, uh, they said, Oh, it's a spontaneous remission. It's remarkable. Whatever, whatever we did must've worked. And, uh, I knew without any doubt that what these people had done had really helped me. So I decided at that point, I wanted to go into the healing arts and do what they did. And if I had to practice out in the middle of a muddy field, you know, in a trailer house, that if that was my clinic, that was okay with me. Cause I thought, you know, that 
that seemed to me at 13 to be the natural habitat of doctors that knew what they were doing. And so, uh, so then as time went on, I got distracted, got into computers, and that was really an answer to prayer to bring me back to this, uh, this um, what would you call it, this path that I'm on. So when I got into practice, um, went to chiropractic school, got into practice, had a solo practice for quite a while. And uh, I developed this habit because I thought, you know, the higher power, God, source energy, whatever you call it, it got me into this. And I thought, you know, maybe, maybe I can continue to get help. And I did. And so what I would do is when I would go to work on somebody um, for years and years and years, what I would do uh, is I would just take a moment and just try to connect with that higher power. And, you know, we all believe different things and that's fine because I think we're all accessing the same source really. And I would just take a moment and I would just say, Father, please help me to work on this person. And being a Christian, I would say, you know, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. And it was just a really short, just a temporary momentary pause. Um, and so I never told anybody I was doing this. I, you know, nobody ever knew. I was just a private thing that I would do. Cause I, I just felt like I wanted to get that help. I needed that help. Um, and so when people would get well uh, and they would thank me, I would, you know, I would accept that, but I would also, you know, pass that on to, you know, to the higher power where that, that help was really coming from. And so um, it was an amazing thing because, you know, in, in all of those years of uh, being in practice and I practiced for about, I guess I was in my brick and mortar practice for about uh, 15, 16, I don't know. It turned out roughly 18 to 20 years, something like that, I'll have to figure it out. Um, anyway, uh, during those years, sometimes people would come in to see me and it would be something new that I had never seen before. I wouldn't know how to help them, wouldn't know how to approach their problem. And uh, there were times when in response to that, that momentary asking for help, the information that I needed would just flood into me sometimes like an avalanche of understanding. Now that didn't happen very often. That was the exception rather than the rule. I mean, out of all those years, that happened probably about five times, I guess. I mean, I, if I sit down and count, probably about, I could probably count them on one hand. But that taught me something really powerful. And that is that that higher power, whatever you call it, is aware of us all the time and wants to help us. But uh, we have to ask. When we ask, then we receive. When we knock, then it's open, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, so yeah, what I was exposed very early on um, to um, to a uh, to a couple of kind of kind of primitive methods of working with emotional energies, and uh, and so in in kind of playing around with things with my patients and trying to figure out what was going on with them, um, it became it gradually became more and more clear that there was this side of people's makeup, that there was energy in the body that was trapped, that was emotions, was emotional energies. And, um, and what I found as time went on was that most of the problems that my patients had, uh, had an emotional component to them. So in other words, you know, 90% of the pain that people had uh, that they were coming in to see me for had an emotional component. And if I, if I didn't find that emotional component and release that energy from the body, then, um, then they wouldn't get better or they wouldn't get better as, as quickly. 
and I saw astounding things, um, amazing things where people would come in and they would be in um, terrible pain and I'd find some emotional baggage that they hadn't released it and the pain would just sometimes instantaneously be completely gone. And you've probably seen that kind of thing happen yourself, right? Um, so, uh, so yeah, as, as, as time went on, it just became more and more obvious to me uh, because I, because I had learned how to ask questions of the subconscious mind using muscle testing. And, um, and I think that my, uh, my, my religious background had actually really helped me because I, I had this belief that um, there's a spirit within each one of us and that that spirit is intelligent, that it's always lived and that it's going to live forever and so on. And so uh, I had this, I had this kind of um, philosophical uh, framework that enabled me to, to talk to the subconscious mind and get answers using muscle testing or using leg length testing or various different ways of getting answers. And, um, and I just said, you know, I believe that the subconscious you know, knew what was wrong. And it turned out that it did. The subconscious mind within each one of us is this massively powerful computer really it's a search engine and far beyond uh, that. And it knows exactly what's wrong with each one of us. Um, no matter what you've been diagnosed with, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what symptoms you're having, whether they're mental or emotional or physical, your subconscious mind knows um, what's really going on. It's tracking every cell in your body. I mean, think about it. Your subconscious mind is responsible for producing millions of new cells um, it's 3 million new red blood cells every minute, for example. And uh, they say that about every seven months, your cells all turn over. Well, your subconscious mind is directing all of that. I mean, it's, it's a level of intelligence that is divine, I think, and that we, that we have not even begun to, to try to understand yet um, because the level of intelligence of the subconscious mind is so far beyond our ability to even conceptualize that, um, uh, that, it's just something that we we haven't really started to tap into it yet. But what I found with my patients was that when I would ask that subconscious mind what they really needed, uh, the subconscious mind would give me those answers. And as a result, uh, I had this really successful practice where I was seeing people all the time with all kinds of supposedly hopeless problems, and yet the vast majority of them were getting better by asking the subconscious mind what was wrong and, uh, and then finding those imbalanced areas or imbalanced, uh, finding those imbalances, I guess I would say, in the body and fixing those. And so um, it's really interesting. I remember uh, uh, I had an experience once with a, uh, uh, a patient that came to me. I, was, I spoke at a fibromyalgia support group once um, at a hospital, Saddleback Hospital in um, Laguna Hills, California, near my practice. I uh, practiced in Orange County for a long time. And I went to this, uh, this support group and I spoke for an hour. And um, I noticed there was one woman there that cried the whole time I spoke. And when I was done, um, she came up to talk to me and I had a hard time understanding her because she was kind of sobbing. And I, she told me that for, I think it was 19 years, she had had terrible fibromyalgia and uh, was in terrible pain and cried all the time because the pain was so severe. And she'd seen all these, I think nine or 10 different doctors. I can't remember now during all those years. 
And they had all told her the same thing. You're never going to get well. All you can do is take drugs and try to suppress your symptoms and so on. Part of the reason why she was crying at that event was that it was the first time that she'd ever heard any doctor say that she might actually be able to get well. So she came into my office and um, to give you an idea um, what the body code is really about, the emotion code, of course, is about finding and removing the emotional energies that have become trapped in your body. Yep. There's I got the, the emotion code chart, chart here, yeah. <laughs> which is the 60 different emotions. So yeah. that's what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, so I found that everybody had, uh, everybody had emotional baggage and that emotional baggage, this invisible phenomenon was a huge component of people's health problems. Well, um, that was one one piece of the puzzle, but in the body code, what I found, uh, what the body code is really, is it's a, uh, it's a method of tapping into the subconscious mind and finding out about all kinds of imbalances, not just trapped emotions, but other things as well. Um, for example, uh, this woman that came in is a great example of this. Uh, and during the years that I was developing this work, um, because I used to be a computer programmer back starting in the early eighties, which kind of dates me, no doubt. But anyway, um, I would always have a computer there. So as I was finding things on people, I would, I would, you know, record what I was finding and, and categorize things so that I was creating this massive, what turned out to be a massive database, knowledge base of imbalances and things that happened to people and caused trouble for them. So to give you an idea, this lady that came in, she had, um, Actually, maybe I could share that uh, that screen. Yeah, because the body code, yeah, is available on. I use the app on my phone when I'm working with with clients, and I think yeah. we're going to share the desktop. So yeah, this is the desktop version. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so uh, so what we're looking at here are six different categories. So what I found by asking my my patients' subconscious minds and getting answers from their internal computers about what was really wrong with them, I found that I could categorize all of these different imbalances that I was finding into these six areas. So to give you an idea what these are about, this one is energy, okay? First one here. And uh, that includes various different kinds of energies, post-traumatic energies like getting, you know, in a car accident and the energy staying in you, allergies, intolerances, emotional things. That's the emotion, go to emotional baggage and some other things as well. Um, and then over here we have pathogens. Now, what I found with this woman was that uh, she had lots of trapped emotions, right? Lots of emotional baggage, had to start working on that. She had everything in, she had, she had problems in all of these six areas. She had pathogens. Uh, and so, in fact, I worked with her and found she had, um, she had uh, quite a number of different viral infections in the body. So she, uh, her immune system was so, malfunctioned or oh, that's not even a word. I don't think it was her, her immune system was kind of on the ropes, you know, it was just barely functioning. And so uh, she would pick up things from people that were sick. She wouldn't really get sick or more. She was just chronically sick all the time, but these things would kind of go into her body and just set up housekeeping. So that was interesting. She had parasites too. And um, she had lots of misalignments 
any kind of tissue can misalign. And so that's what we see here. So in the body code, you know, we can drill down and we can find all kinds of things. And I love that it could be that you have a tooth out of alignment. So for people that aren't watching, this will be on my YouTube video too. So you can actually look because Dr. Brad's sharing the screen, but it's so in depth. Like it could be like, yeah, you've got, I had this the other day with someone with the right lower canine teeth on, tooth on the right lower side. Like yeah. so in depth and then what that might cause, what it's connected to, <laughs> what it's linked with. And it's just crazy to me. Yeah. The detail. Yeah. There's a lot of detail. It's, it's, um, it's a very deep system, but the beauty of it is um, the subconscious mind of each person will just guide you to whatever is wrong. So this woman, anyway, she had, uh, she had everything that you see here. She had energetic imbalances. She had trapped emotions, pathogens. She had misalignments. She had nutritional deficiencies. That's the next category. And so, um, so you'll see uh, if we click, for example, here on nutrition, on nutrients, um, there's a table and you can use a table like this to find imbalances. And I found, I had to, I actually, at that time, I had to reprogram my computer because she had, she had so many nutritional deficiencies. So that was interesting. So we started addressing those. She was toxic. So I started giving her things, you know, to help detoxify her. And uh, she also had uh, imbalances in all the organs and all the glands pretty much. So I started working with this woman and fixing all these things that her subconscious mind was saying needed to be fixed. So uh, the interesting thing was, and this might sound unbelievable, especially if you suffer from this condition, uh, it can seem unbelievable, but um, true story uh, within two weeks, she was completely pain-free except for she had some arthritis. I think it was in her right thumb, right at the base of her thumb. That was the only pain she had. Wow. For two weeks. Now think about that. Almost two decades of pain. And so it's so interesting because, you know, the medical profession, if you think about it, our society is dominated by Western medicine. And Western medicine is really great uh, at some things. For example, um, you know, if you get in a car accident and uh, maybe your leg is no longer attached to your body, Western medicine is where you want to go because they, they can probably reattach that and um, may not lose your leg. And they do amazing, amazing things. And they've developed inc incredible technology for acute problems. Um, my dad had an aneurysm and had a bleed going on in his brain. They were able to go into his groin uh, with this tiny thread, this little titanium thread. They were able to put that up into his brain and let it go. And this little titanium thread remembered that its, its original shape was a ball. And so it reformed itself into this little tiny ball and plugged the leak. I mean, wow. that's just like off the chart, right? But the problem with Western medicine is that uh, they, uh, they're not really very good at chronic problems. They're not really very good at finding imbalances uh, uh, they don't really recognize imbalances like what we're talking about. They look at the symptom as the problem. So in other words, this lady with fibromyalgia, well, her problem is physical pain. Let's give her something to stop the pain. But they weren't really finding or thinking about or even uh, didn't even really enter into their world that there could be other underlying reasons for that. And so that's what this is all about. Like what the root cause is, basically. Yeah. Yeah, it's really all about finding the the underlying causes, and that's that's been my whole career. I mean, in in a nutshell, uh, my whole career has been about finding the underlying reasons for things. And so, um, what happened with the body code was 
this was a system that developed in my office, in my practice. And it was just me as a solar practitioner. I had a little staff and, and a massage therapist, you know, usually. And um, so uh, I started teaching bits and pieces of this work back in 1998. And, uh, but I'd never really taught the whole thing. I never really taught the whole body code. I had this idea when the Emotion Code book came out in 2007, um, at the, the same month as the iPhone to give you, you know, to give you an idea how much that's changed our lives. But um, I had, an, uh, I had this kind of vague idea that eventually I would teach the body code to doctors because I thought, you know, they'll love this and it'll really change the way they practice completely. And they'll actually be able to really help people. That was my idea. But about a year after the emotion code book came out um, one morning, I woke up and my mind was full of instruction. And the instruction was, you, this was, it's hard to describe. It was just super clear and it didn't come from my mind. It came from up above. And it, it, the instruction was, you need to take everything that you've learned about natural healing and put it into a self-study course that anyone can learn and make it available to everyone everywhere. And so that basically is our company purpose. Now that's what we're doing. And so we have the, uh, uh, let's see here. If I click here on the languages, we can probably see, yeah, you can see, uh, we've got this, this system is in English, German, Spanish, Swedish, Czech, Hungarian, Polish, Norwegian, Romanian, Italian, Turkish, Portuguese, French, Greek, Croatian, Russian, Japanese, Danish, and Dutch so far. And so, um, our purpose is to get this out to the whole entire world. And the beauty of this is that, um, anyone can do this really. Anyone can do this. Anyone, um, can you, learn a little bit about this and anyone can practice this and find out uh, what's going on with their friends and their family members. They can find out what's going on with their loved ones. You know, um, you got a child that's screaming in pain uh, from some abdominal thing going on. Well, you know, call 911, take that kid to the hospital, but on the way, uh, use the body code. And we've, people have written into us about this kind of thing where, by the time they get to the hospital, you know, they, don't need to, they don't really need to go there anymore. Um, um, things like it's that. Something so that I love is how well it works for kids. I have a seven and nine year old and have been using it with them for years. And what <laughs> I want to say about that too, Dr. Brad, I think it's like, and I talk about this on the podcast before, but with this code, you know, with the emotion code chart, there's so many emotions on there that like, we don't learn as kids, even how to process them or deal with them. So for me, it's a real learning opportunity, teaching opportunity with the kids to be like, well, I'm clearing defensiveness. And they'll be like, well, what does that mean? So I'll yeah. give them an example. And they're like, oh yeah, I felt that at school. And it's just been such a great way, I guess, like a vocabulary for them other yeah. than just like happy or sad. Right. And really a way to help them understand it's okay to feel these things because if I'm right, um, because people ask me all the time, well, and I'll just let you answer it, Dr. Brad, how do emotions get trapped in our body? Like, why do they even get trapped in the body? Well, here's, here's how I like to explain this. If you think about it, what happens when an emotion comes up for you? What's really going on? Well, um, there's something that's just happened in your life that uh, maybe um, you have some resistance to. Maybe, um, maybe someone has said something to you that that hurts, or maybe uh, maybe you get a uh, you get a letter from the IRS and you're being audited, or uh, you know you're watching the news, or whatever it might be. 
And what, what's happening then is that in response to that stimulus, your subconscious mind starts to produce an emotional response. And, uh, and the response, that emotion is being produced by the organs, the glands of the body and so on. That's what the, uh, the Chinese found out anciently. And I believe that was totally right. Uh, the organs and the glands produce the frequencies that we interpret as, uh, as emotions. And so the body itself is nothing but energy. It's a very a highly um, complex energy field and emotions are energy too. In fact, there's everything in the universe is energy. You, I mean, if you talk to a quantum physicist, they'll tell you there's nothing that isn't energy. It's all energy. In fact, even Einstein himself said, well, matter, there really is no matter. Matter is just energy that has been slowed down in this vibration enough that we can touch it and feel it and so on. So it's a very interesting universe, very interesting world that we live in. So, um, so what happens is there's some kind of a stimulus. You start feeling an emotion. Um, some particular organ or gland starts producing that frequency. So then you start to feel the thoughts and the feelings, uh, maybe the feelings in your body that go along with that emotion. And, and then most of the time what happens is we acknowledge that we allow ourselves to feel that energy and then, or that feeling, that emotion, and then we allow that to dissipate naturally and go away. And so I call this the emotional loop. And so we start to feel that emotion and we're, we're going through that loop. We start to feel those emotions, uh, start to feel the feelings that go along with that. And we acknowledge it and then we're done with it and we allow it to, to finish. And so that little loop, that emotional loop, that little emotional process has completed and it's done now. Um, but sometimes what happens is um, we don't allow that loop to complete or we interfere with that little process. And we go through this every day, right? Multiple times a day, all of us. But sometimes what happens is um, certain emotions, uh, maybe we have decided as children or uh, as young adults or at some point in our lives that there are certain emotions we're not going to allow ourselves to feel. So for example, say your dad was a rageaholic and you decided that anger was an emotion you were never going to allow yourself to feel. And let's say that now something comes up, someone wrongs you or something happens and you start to feel this emotion of anger. Well, at that point, you might decide, you know what, I'm not going there. And so you, instead of allowing that emotional loop to complete, you stop it from its little process. And now that emotion uh, has been unexpressed. And so it becomes trapped in the body. It's like a little ball of emotional energy, really, from about the size of a baseball to about the size of a softball. And these things inhabit the body and uh, they want to be expressed, but sometimes we don't allow them to be expressed. That's one way we can break that little emotional loop that needs to really complete. Now, another way that we break that loop is um, sometimes what happens is uh, sometimes, you know, some emotion comes up for us and we decide to become really involved with that emotion and to really enhance that emotion. So for example, um, someone does me wrong. I start feeling the emotion, we'll say of maybe resentment and and maybe I make the decision, you know what? I do feel resentful and I'm, by golly, I'm really upset about this. And so we, we make a conscious decision to really enhance that vibration so that it becomes really big. And that's another way to break that little loop, see? Because now what's happening is uh, the emotion is so powerful 
that our body can't really process it. And so now that energy is also trapped in the body. It's really interesting. You know, there's a principle in, um, um, there's a Zen principle called mind like water. And the principle is that, that ideally you should have a mind, your mind should be like water. It should be like, like a pond. I mean, if you think about it, if you throw a big rock into a pond, what happens? Does the water ever overreact? No, sometimes we do, but the water would never overreact. It would never underreact. It would react absolutely appropriately for whatever size rock it is. And then it would immediately return to its level state, right? And when we don't have a mind like that, when we um, get our, when we allow ourselves to get really upset and we, we're volatile and so on, that can create more trapped emotion. So a trapped emotion is like a little ball of energy. And these I love that. That basically your body cannot process. So then it gets trapped in the body. Mm. And then over time that leads to, and I think a lot, I think that's much more accepted now than probably when you were starting all this, that most yeah. people will agree that left unchecked, you know, that will lead to chronic disease, you know, all kinds of different yeah. conditions, cancer, that at most of those, even physical conditions, there's some kind of emotional root cause underneath. And I think that's a lot more widely accepted now um, for oh, yeah. people. So yeah, this oh, is a way of releasing is. these that I've gotten yeah, trapped yeah. over yeah, the years. Right. Also, as a kid, I feel like most of the time we're not taught how to finish the loop, as you put it, complete the loop. You know, how many times you no. hear, don't cry. No, like, you know, it's just like, we're kind of taught to shove these emotions down. Yeah, and so- most adults have a bunch of these trapped emotions. And I know for me, or, or you're just uncomfortable, like it's hard to feel anger. You know, there's not like overjoy is the only slightly positive emotion on this chart. And that's joy. That's an actual shock to the system. So it's overwhelming, but most of these are uncomfortable feelings and we don't know how to deal with them. So they become trapped. Um, and for me as a sugar addict, I ate about everything, you know? So if I, yeah. Even if I was really happy or really sad, I ate about all of it. So when I took that out, when I took out sugar and flour, I all of a sudden had all these uncomfortable feelings coming up and I didn't know what to do. And a friend, it was like, again, nothing happens by accident, introduced right. me to the emotion code at that time. And so for me as a recovery tool, it's been incredible. And I see a lot of people with addiction, but I see it, this is the other thing I love about it. It helps like everything in the body code too. It could be something physical going on. Like you were, you know, giving that example, it could be something emotional and I can't help, um, but at least address the heart wall here, because as soon as I heard you talk about the heart wall, mm -hmm. I was like, I have one of those. And of course I yeah. did, but mm -hmm. let's just talk a little bit about the heart wall. Cause for me and my practice, that's how I see the most benefits to people is when we start releasing, you know, the heart wall. So talk a little bit about that too. Cause I think this concept yeah. is so amazing. Well, um, it, it, it really is amazing. Uh, what, if we go back to the 1960s, when doctors first started doing heart transplants, it didn't take long before they noticed some strange things that sometimes people would come back and they would report that their taste in music or food or sports had totally changed since they got a new heart. Sometimes their handwriting would totally have changed. Sometimes they would actually have memories of being in places that they never in their life had ever visited. And so 
in every case, when these people were connected with the family of the heart donor, um, they would find out, oh, yes, that's our son's handwriting that you have now. How weird is that? Your handwriting totally changed, and now it's his handwriting. Or they would say, uh, yeah, our, our daughter was a concert violinist, and that's that must be why you love classical music now and you didn't like it before. Incredible, um, yeah. Yeah, right. Oh, it's it, there's whole books written about this. It's called Cellular Memory, and it's so, it's so wild. Um, but, you know, the ancient peoples believed that the heart was the seat of the soul and the source of love and creativity and romance. And we see those ancient ideas today, uh, for example, on Valentine's Day, you know, if you're lucky, somebody will give you a box of something yummy and it'll probably be shaped like a heart, right? Because um, that's what they believed about the heart. The heart was everything. It was the core of our being. Well, um, in the West, we haven't really given any credence to those old ideas, just thinking, you know, those ancient people, they had a lot of poetic license and they, they believed those things about the heart, but that was all just really silly. But think about this. When someone is really hurting you, you're really feeling deeply grieved about something or, or hurt, where do you feel it? You don't get a headache, you get a, you get a heartache, right? You feel it here and in the heart. And you might feel like there's an elephant sitting on your chest or like you can't breathe, right? And when that's happening, the heart is really under assault. And so the subconscious mind to try to protect the heart will put up a wall around the heart. And that, that wall is an invisible wall. It's made of energy. It's made from your emotional baggage. And 93% um, of people we find have put up a wall like this around their heart. And the problem is that there's a huge price to pay. It's like moving your heart into a bunker because the bombs are falling. You know, you're going through a divorce or your parents are arguing when you're a kid uh, or you're being bullied or you got a terrible work situation or whatever it might be. You put up this wall and it's a totally subconscious thing. It's a defensive mechanism. The problem is once that wall is put up, it, it remains. And, and then it becomes much more difficult for you to give and receive love because love is not only a verb, it's also an energy that comes from your heart to someone else's heart. And, um, and so it becomes more difficult for you to communicate your heart to theirs. And so um, also, you know, within each one of us, within our heart, I believe, lies uh, this perfect blueprint for uh, what our life is supposed to be. And when you have a heart wall, it becomes much more difficult for you to create that perfect life for yourself. Um, they've done studies, you see, that, that are actually backing all of this up. They've found that uh, when you're feeling love or affection for another person, for example, that your heartbeat will become measurable in their brain waves. Uh, they found that uh, if you're feeling love or affection for somebody else, your heart rates will synchronize and so on. And um, so, you know, it's just so amazing because when that wall is taken down, um, things shift for people and often uh, in, in really fascinating and really interesting and really powerful ways. I'm sure you've seen that happen. A lot. That's like my favorite thing to do is heart walls because it's incredible. And I just want to give an example for me personally, I was not surprised. Like my heart wall came from age 19 because we can find out the age and um, it was pretty significant size. And it was because, you know, my first love broke up with me. My mm -hmm. parents got separated. 
And then I lost a really good friend in a car accident. And this is within like three months of each other. Of course, like, you know, I remember my, it was in college and my roommate at the time was like, I don't even know how you're getting up every day. Well, my subconscious mind was trying to protect me. So at the time, that's what got me through. And so I feel like a heart wall is a great thing when you need it, but then it's long-term that it starts causing issues with relationships, even, you know, access to, I think your own creative energy. And like, you're saying the blueprint, what your life could really look like, like you don't have access to any of that. So yeah, I love seeing people release, you know, the, all the emotions around their hot wall, cut them down. And then just the connection and stories that I hear are just incredible. And I know I experienced that for myself, even physical pain. I had chronic, like kind of shoulder and neck pain, which pretty much went away. I still get like a little tense there, like anyone might, but not to the degree it was before. So I also want to point that out. It's physical stuff too, that can, it can create. So I love the the heart wall. Um, and I think again, most, like you said, adults, like 93% have one and it's just yeah. amazing when you can clear it. Well, imagine how different the world would be if nobody had a heart wall. I mean, you know, we're all, op- I mean, you think about how messed up the world is and here we are 2023 and, you know, people are still using war to settle differences between nations, which is ridiculous, right? You'd think we'd be evolved past that. But the problem is most people, uh, most people in that are in this world are operating from this brain and not this brain. We know now the heart is a brain. It has nervous system tissue in it, white matter, gray matter. And, uh, and they've proven that. In fact, when scientists looked at the brain and the heart, they were looking at the communications between the brain and the heart. They found that what they expected to see was that most of the communications were going from the brain and the head to the heart. They found just the opposite. The vast majority of the communications were going from the heart to the brain, indicating that the brain that's in our heads is obeying the messages that are being sent by the brain that's in our hearts, right? And so... Um, The problem is this brain doesn't feel anything. We feel with the heart. And that's why, for example, if you're at a, oh, you know, imagine you're, you're, maybe you're watching, um, uh, what are those shows like, um, you know, the America's Got Talent or whatever, Britain's Got Talent. And sometimes someone comes onto that show and, you know, it will bring tears to your eyes and you'll feel it right here. And you'll see people in the audience and they'll be putting their hands over their heart. Why? Well, it's the same thing. See, we feel with our heart. When you've got a heart wall, gee, it becomes much more difficult for you um, to feel positive emotions, easier to feel negative emotions, harder for you to connect with other people. And um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's really so amazing. It's not unusual at all. I mean, we've got, um, I don't even know how many, I stopped counting a year ago, but we had 10,000 testimonials uh, from people all over the world about this, that, um, uh, you know, one of my favorites actually was from a woman in Italy. Her name was uh, Raluca. And she said that, um, she said for years, and she sent a picture of herself and her husband uh, in front of this little village in Italy, I guess, where they live. And she said for years, my marriage run badly. And then, and then I got a new husband. So I'm reading this when it came in. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, she got a divorce, got a new husband. That's not what happened. She said she hired an emotion code practitioner in Budapest to work on her husband in Italy, you know, long distance, right, remotely. And she, um, he cleared, he or she cleared her husband's heart wall 
And uh, she said, it's like, I got a brand new husband. She said, mm-hmm. so loving and so kind. He's just completely changed. And she said, and it's also, she said, I had a heart wall too. And it totally changed me and uh, you know, for the better. So, um, so yeah, it's uh, it, it really, I think people have said that um, the, uh, the discovery of the heart wall is the most important discovery in the history of energy medicine. And it, it wasn't really something that I discovered. It was shown to me. Uh, it was shown to me in this in really interesting way. And I never ever in my wildest dreams would have imagined that something like this goes on, but uh, it does go on. And so I think that getting rid of your heart wall is uh, about the most important thing you can do for yourself. It can totally change. Uh, it can totally change your life. And people listening, I mean, you're probably like me, like right away, as soon as I even heard the concept, I was like, yep, I know I have that. So I think <laughs> most people that really resonates with, yeah. um, and that kind of segues actually really well into what I love about this too, is so the first time I ever had it done, even before I went to your workshop, I found a practitioner here in Portland it was a, and she's a chiropractor acupuncturist and she also uses emotion code. And so she offered like a little like, info session to talk more about it. So I went in person and she cleared on me in person. So I felt it in person. And then she said, well, for a follow-up, do you want to get, you know, just go on zoom or the phone or do you want to come? And I was like, really? And she's like, yeah. So does it work the same way? Exactly the same way. Well, I didn't want to drive, you know, traffic all the way there. So I did it over zoom and over the phone and it was exactly the same. So That's, I think, incredible too, especially during COVID, right? When the pandemic, everything shut down and the stress level of people like through the roof. And I just felt so lucky that I had this tool that I was able to help people and just get on a phone call, you know, so it makes it so much easier. So I do all mine via, you know, just the phone. And today I know you were going to, you were so gracious to maybe do just a little session with me so that people can see how it looks and how it, you know, cause it's, yeah. again, I, it's a hard concept to like, um, I think like just see how it actually works without seeing a visual demonstration. And then sure. it's just trusting that, yeah, it's energy. It works whether you're in person or you're not. And I just think that's yeah. like the biggest gift right now is that you don't have to go to an office and find someone in your hometown. Like, you know, you could, I work with people all over the world and it's just incredible the way that energy works. So yeah. Well, I was going to ask you one other thing, Dr. Brad, though, as since this is a sugar addiction podcast, if you don't mind clicking under the toxin tab. So people that are watching this, but listening, I'll explain too. I love if you click on the food toxin, like there is, uh, you know, pr- flavor enhancer, processing agent, there's sugar, there's artificial sweetener, natural sweetener, so many. I just loved that sugar alcohols, all of these, because I had to clear so much of this out of yeah. my own body. And, uh, you know, I, I was trying to get help for my sugar addiction for so long. And you're just easily talking in your course to the emotion code and body code, just how toxic sugar and these things are for you and how it's much better to avoid them. And I just loved that too, because again, you know, people, unfortunately, I love that nutrition and lifestyle is part of this too, because that's such a big part in our overall health and well-being. Um, So, and the other thing is just with what I also really love about this 
and you, you go by this principle, like given basically a chance, if your body is in balance, you can bring it to balance. It has this incredible healing ability on its own. So this is a tool to help your own body heal itself. It's not, I'm not healing anyone. You're not healing anyone. I love that. You always are like, I just work here, you know, like, I just work here. This is just what happens. I love how like humble you are about that, but it's true. Anyone can do this. It's just a way of communicating with our subconscious mind to unlock these imbalances and get these answers so that your body can do the, the healing on its own. And I just love that so much. I feel it's so empowering for people that feel like I have to go to a doctor if I'm sick or not. No, we have so much resources within our, within ourselves. So yeah, well, especially uh, for the chronic stuff, like you described. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, you know, the future, many doctors and scientists for, for years have said the the future of the future of healing is, is energy healing. It's uh, the future of medicine is energy medicine. There's always going to be a need for um, uh, acute care, you know, People are always going to break legs and things like that, but um, but we're we're stepping into this new age now where we are starting to understand how powerful we are as beings and what we can do, what we're capable of, and um, so uh, that's how this works. Well, let's take a look and see what we can find. Okay. And I so, love this too, because I don't have anything physical going on right now. I was like, oh, I wish I had, because this is amazing to me because someone that has a migraine and they'll tell you it's like a, a 10, by the end of the session, it might be down to like a three. It's just incredible because it's immediate, like a lot of times, not always, yeah. but most of the time. So I was most telling Dr. Brad, I don't have anything physically going on right now, but I was saying maybe there's something that he could get to that my body wants to release that I can't do myself. Um, yeah. or something just to help me in this new year. It wants to clear. And I love that too, because you, you can be really specific with things and it can be anything. It can be, I am not feeling creative. I'm really stressed in my relationship or I'm having a hard time communicating with my daughter or, I mean, it can be anything. This is what I love. It doesn't have to be physical. Um, so, and sometimes people are like, will just say to me, just keep it more general. Can you just clear like whatever really my body needs to clear today? And that I usually am able to do too. So I just want people to know it doesn't even have to be a specific thing. Um, sometimes people will say I had this trauma in childhood. I don't want to talk about it. I just want to release some things around it and we yeah. can do that too. So I love the, the range, I guess here of I'm yeah. always like, you can emotion code or body code anything, basically. You, you basically can. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, so how this works at a distance, the way that I like to do this is I like to just take a moment and just silently ask for some help from up above, from higher power, source, energy, creator, God, father, whatever, whatever you believe. And give me just a moment here. All right, cool. So uh, I'll, be using, I'll be using the ring and ring method here of testing. Okay. So um, the way that that works is um, the, uh, let me back up a little bit. First of all, uh, the way that this works at a distance, and I don't even have any idea where you are. Where are you in the world, by the way? Um, Portland, Oregon. Oh, Portland, Oregon. Okay. Well, I'm in uh, the far Southwestern corner of Utah. So we're, we're pretty far away, but it doesn't matter because uh, uh, energy knows no barriers of distance. And um, there's something that, um, that in quantum physics is there's a phenomenon that's known as entanglement. 
which means that um, energies can become entangled with each other and changes can be made at vast distances. And this has been proven to work at least uh, with distances as great as the diameter of the earth. Now, uh, I think it would also work if you were on the moon or Pluto or whatever. I don't, I don't think there's any barrier. But what we'll do is uh, I'm going to be asking questions. And um, you'll see that my, my fingers will either stay closed uh, for if the answer is yes, or the answer, if the answer is no, you'll see the fingers break open. So I'll explain a little bit more about that as we go. The first thing that I want to know is, um, are our energies entangled? Or in other words, can I act as proxy for you, and I get a yes answer. See, the human body has this amazing ability built right into it to set aside its own needs to act on behalf of somebody else. So that's what we're going to do right now. So um, let's see here. All right, Shaban, uh, let's ask your subconscious mind. Out of all the possible imbalances that might be going on right now with you, what's the most important thing we can do for you right now? Is there an imbalance that um, is important that we can release? And I get a yes. So what happened, the way that this works is because our energies are entangled. When I ask that question, the answer immediately manifests on Shaban's subconscious in her energy field, in her subconscious mind. Well, because we're, our energies are entangled, that answer also appears instantaneously uh, in my subconscious mind. And so then it manifests, the answer manifests here on my actual physical strength. That's how we do it. So your subconscious mind has got something it wants us to work on. And what is that thing? So now looking at the body code, we've got six different options, six, six categories. And uh, Shaban's subconscious mind knows exactly what this is. So is it something on the right side of this chart? And that's a no answer. See, that's weak. Okay. So it's on this side, on the left side. So is it some kind of energy? Is it something in circuits or systems? I get a yes on that one. That one went strong. So what we'll do is we'll go here and we'll click this one. And this brings up some other possibilities, okay? So what is this? Is it something on the left side of the chart? It is. Is it a disconnection? It is, okay? So there's some kind of a disconnection going on. Okay, this is kind now, of a fun one, yeah. Yeah, so uh, how this one really came about was, um, it had to do with morning sickness. My wife was pregnant with our daughter, Lizzie, who is 22, and so this is a, a while back. And uh, she was morning sick and she was just, begging me to help her. And I'd had morning sick patients, you know, before, but I'd never really been able to help them very much. And nobody can really help morning sickness very much, you know, it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's an, it's an awful thing. And, uh, those of you that have experienced it know, and maybe some of you are experiencing it now, but anyway, um, so I didn't know what to do. And I started thinking about all the things that I tried that didn't work. And then I, then I prayed and I said, I said, father, if there's a better way to, to deal with this, help me to understand it because I don't, I don't know. And I got this answer that flowed into me and the answer, it was almost whimsical. The answer was, well, you'd feel pretty sick too. If you had this new life growing inside of you, especially if your brain wasn't connected to it. And that was it. And I thought, oh, so it's a connection problem. And so uh, I checked my wife, found some disconnections between that new life and her brain, fixed those, took like three, four minutes maybe. And all of a sudden, the morning sickness was gone. A couple of days later, it started to come back. And so I checked her again, found a couple of disconnections, fixed those. I had to work on her three times and there was no more morning sickness at all. In fact, we have practitioners now um, who just specialize in this. I was because just going to say, because I was miserable yeah. 
with morning sickness, with all my pregnancies. And I've used this protocol now. I actually have a friend right now who is really, and I did it once it helped. I need to do it again today. Like you're saying, and it's amazing. Some people I've done it the first time. It doesn't come back again at all. And it's yeah. like a freaking miracle for anyone right. that experiences the terrible <laughs> feeling. It is of being nauseous 24 seven. Like yeah. I, I would have like paid so much money for that to go away. But this mm -hmm. is something it takes seriously, like you're saying, three minutes. So if yeah. anyone is listening that has morning sickness, contact me because I would gift that three minutes because I know how terrible that feeling is. And this is such a simple fix and it works. It's like incredible to me. So yeah, yeah. that alone is a miracle. That alone. It was an amazing thing. And I, mm -hmm. I mean, I never would have ever thought of this, but because I was asking, you know, higher power, it, the answer came. And so um, anyway, so that that's why you see we have a picture of the, the toilet bowl, right? With a woman's that head well. in the toilet bowl. It's because that's what it's about. So um, okay. So your subconscious mind is telling us that there's some kind of an imbalance going on or some kind of a disconnection. Let's see what it is. Is it one of these on the left side? I'm asking your subconscious mind. And the answer comes back, no. Okay, so it's something on the right side here. So is it spirit out of body? or is it a spirit physical disconnection? Okay, so what's going on is that you've got a spirit physical disconnection. So we have really two, we have two bodies, all of us. We have this physical body and then we've got a spirit and you can refer to that I think as a spirit body. That's how we do it here. They need to connect while you're alive. If they become disconnected completely, of course you're dead, right? And they start planning your funeral. Um, but uh, you can be, disconnected to some degree. And so you can be, you can be like mostly dead because you're disconnected and we can reconnect things. So this is working on the body on a really fundamental level. So uh, sometimes the spirit is out of the body a bit. Sometimes the spirit and the physical body are where they're supposed to be, but they're not communicating for some reason. And that's what's showing up with you. So when we click on that one, it takes us to a place here uh, where you've got an explanation of what's going on with this, right? And what it can cause, you know, things like all of these things here and probably even more. Um, and then there's a decoding step where we figure it out. And then there's an association step and the intention step. So I'll show you what these are. So first of all, I've kind of already explained this. So let's scroll down and let's go to the decoding step and see if we need to decode this anymore. So uh, first question here is, is this disconnection affecting your entire body and spirit? No. So it's some part of the body. So um, hmm, so let's see. So is there a 50% uh, connection of your spirit and physical body? Yeah. 60%, uh, 70%, uh -huh. 80%. So somewhere between 70 and 80. Um, is, your, is there a 50% uh, or 70% connection of the spirit and physical, 71, 72, 73, 74. So about 73%, okay? Some kind of a disconnection going on. All right, interesting. And that can cause a lot of, uh, a lot of problems for you. So let's, um, let's go down here to association and ask, is there an associated imbalance that needs to be decoded? Not really. So... Now, the reason why we ask these other questions is because sometimes, sometimes the subconscious mind um, won't allow things to be corrected, or sometimes we can't fix things unless we dig just a little, 
And so, for example, in this association step here, we're, what we're really asking is, is there something else that might be causing this or contributing to this or that is connected to this in some way? In this case, your subconscious mind says no. Um, the example I like to use for this is um, uh, if the check engine light comes on in your car and you stop at a, a mechanic uh, garage and they look at your engine and they say, oh, you're out of oil. So they add in a bunch of new oil and they say, okay, you're good to go. Your check engine light goes out. But then you know, a week later, your check engine lights on again, you pull into a mechanic and they say, oh, your engine's out of oil. Well, there's gotta be something else going on, right? I mean, that doesn't happen unless there's some other reason. And then you remember that, oh yeah, you know, a week or so ago, I hit that curb really hard. And then the mechanic looks underneath your car and finds out, oh my gosh, there's a hole in your crankcase. Your oil is just leaking out. And so that's, that's what we find in this step, okay? That's why this step is important. But in your case, with this particular imbalance, we're not really finding anything. So uh, there's nothing associated. So we go to the intention step. And to make a correction to this, uh, we just swipe with a magnet, okay? Or your hand, either one. And you can see what it says right here on any length of the governing meridian. And that's what that's a little meridian. It's a little river of energy that flows from your tailbone straight up the back over the top of the head of the inside of the upper lip. I'm putting energy into that. And I'm holding an intention to reconnect your spirit and your physical body, okay? And let's ask uh, now, we'll go back up to the top and we'll ask, okay, uh, do you still have this disconnection going on? Oh, so easy. Uh, let's go back to the homepage. <laughs> so anytime you fix something in the emotion or in the body code, you always go back to the homepage and then you can find the next imbalance. And that's how this works. You just find an imbalance and fix it. And then you can find another one and fix it. You might be able to do 10 or 12 of those in a session. And then you might have to wait a day or two and you can do it again. So let's ask, is there another, um, is there another imbalance going on with you? Is there something else important that your subconscious mind would like us to fix? Since you don't have any symptoms, if you had a symptom, like let's say you had low back pain, we could ask, well, is there some kind of imbalance that we can correct that's contributing to your low back pain? But since you don't have any physical or any kind of symptoms going on, let's ask, is there some other imbalance your subconscious would like us to fix? And the answer is yes. Remember the subconscious is, it's a search engine like, like no other. So what are we looking at now? Is it something on the right side of the chart? It is. Is it a pathogen of some kind? It could be, but it's not. Is it a misalignment of something? Yes. Okay. So let's go here. Go to misalignment. Now, any tissue can misalign. Uh, of course, I was a chiropractor for many years and um, gradually found that uh, it wasn't just bones, um, it was organs, it was other tissues that could misalign, and even meridians and, and chakras and things. So let's see. So what is this? There's something out of alignment in your body. What is it? Is it something on the left side of the chart here? Is it in the skeleton? It is. So we'll go to the skeleton. All right. So we divide the skeleton up. And so is it in the appendicular? It's in the axial skeleton. All right. So we're, we're drilling down, right? So what is this? Is it something on the left side of the chart here? No. So is it teeth? No, it's something in your thoracic cage, okay? So is it one of these on the left side? No. So is it a true rib? No. Is it your manubrium? Yeah, it's your manubrium. So the manubrium is this little bone right at the very base of your neck where your collarbones come in and they hook in on the top of it. You can see that right here. That bone is out of alignment. So if I were there with you, um, if you were to touch that bone and hold an arm out, 
you would not be able to resist yeah. me pushing down on your arm, right? So we'll click on this bone and uh, let's ask, we've already identified the misaligned bone. So is there an associated imbalance that we need to decode? In this case, there is. So the plot thickens, there's something going on. And usually when you have a bone that's out of alignment, it'll usually be because of a trapped emotion. It could be other things too, but it's usually a trapped emotion. So that might be what we see here. I don't know. Let's go back to the homepage. So let me write this down. Manubrium. And you may not, you may not be feeling any, you know, discomfort or anything there at all. I don't know. Um, but this is your subconscious mind telling us what we need to do. And so let's see, there's something associated with this. Is it something on the left side? Is it in energies? Yeah. Okay. We'll go there. And is it on the left side of this chart? No. So is it something emotional? Yeah, it's typically what it is. So is it something on the left side of this chart, the emotional page? And I get a yes. So is it a trapped emotion? It is. So we'll go there. So what kind of a trapped emotion is it? Uh, is it one of these on the left side? Yes. Is it prenatal? In other words, did you get it during the time you were in the womb? No. Is it preconception, which means you got it before you were conceived? Nope. So it's inherited. Okay. So that's interesting. So we inherit emotional energy sometimes from mom or dad that they sometimes inherited from their mom or dad. And these can go back for many generations sometimes. And science is finding this out, of course. They don't understand because they don't really understand energy. They don't understand how it works, but this is how it works. They're going to figure that out eventually. Eventually, they're going to call me. And I love this inherited <laughs> stuff. I'm so glad this this is like perfect things coming up today because what is so nice about and I, it's like the emotion code gift that keeps on giving because it's going to clear from you and your entire family line so yep. if it goes back seven generations that's going to clear from it's a nice way to heal family you know patterns and then for me it will also yes. heal from or release from my brother and my sister my mom my dad my kids so i love kids. that too your grandkids if you got them yep exactly all right, so let's see what emotion this is. So in other words, this bone is out of alignment right in here. It's not quite right, but it's that's because there's an energy that's stuck right here. And that's uh, that's a trapped emotion that was inherited. Let's see what this is. Is it an emotion listed in column A on the chart? No. So it's in column B. So is it in one of the odd rows in column B? Yes. Okay, is it in uh, row one in column B or three in column B or five? It's in row five in column B. So it's one of these emotions. Is it uh, conflict or creative insecurity or terror? It's an emotion of terror, inherited terror. Did you get this from your mother when you were conceived? No, it came from your dad. It's the only other choice. Did your dad get this from somebody earlier? Uh-huh, from his dad, yep. So your father gave it... Uh, your grandfather gave it to your dad. And does it go back even further? It does. How many generations? Does it go back for 10 generations? No, nine, eight, seven, seven generations. So seven generations, if we say seven times roughly 26 years for a generation, about 182 years minus 2023 comes out to about 1841. Wow. You know, give or take. So what do we know by this? We know that you, we know you had ancestors then. And we know that one of them had a bad day <laughs> or maybe a bad life or who knows. So, um, so the emotion was terror. So something terrifying happened to, to an ancestor. And was that ancestor a male? No, it was a female ancestor. Something terrifying happened to that ancestor. And so that energy became powerful enough in her body that it became trapped. 
when she conceived a child, she shared that energy with that child. I think in a subconscious attempt to, to help that child, to, to maybe prevent that child from experiencing, you know, what that uh, grandmother went through. So uh, let's ask about this. Is there, uh, let's see here. Is there anything else we need to know about this? Do you have kids? I do, yeah. How many kids do you have? Two. Two kids. Let's see if either one of them got this from you. Did either one of those kids get this from you when you can, when they were conceived? Yes. Did they both get it? They both got it. Yep. They both got it. Okay. So, um, all right. Is there anything else we need to know about this? No. So to release this, we'll use, uh, we'll just use a, a magnet. We'll do 10 swipes. There we go. 10 swipes. And we do 10 because it's, an inherited energy and we're releasing it not only from you, but also from all those ancestors. So did we release this from all those ancestors uh -huh, and from you? Yep. And from both your kids. Yeah. Clear from everybody. So now that bone, that manubrium bone, is that bone happy now? Is it balanced now? Is it aligned now? Yes. So that corrected that. See, so, um, you know, as a chiropractor, when I was in practice, it used to drive me crazy uh, early on that I would realign somebody's spine and then a week later, I'd see him and it would be like I'd never seen him before. Mm -hmm. And everything was out of alignment again. And, you know, chiropractic sometimes gets a bad name because, you know, people come in over and over and over and they're, they continually get these same bones realigned. But I'll tell you something, when you start using this and you start finding out the, the underlying reasons for misalignments, for example, in your body, all of a sudden your chiropractic adjustments hold much, much better and uh, much, much longer. So... So that's kind of fun, huh? So that kind of gives you an idea how this works. And um, so, you know, we looked at misalignments. Uh, sometimes you might end up being taken into an area like this. You might find that you need, oh, maybe a certain food. We got a list of all kinds of foods here. And you can ask the same way. Well, okay, I need a certain food. Is it in column A or B? Oh, it's in column B. Is it in the, one of the odd rows? Oh, it's in row two. Pear, persimmon, quince. Oh, I need quince. Well, who knows why? Who cares? If you're, you see, because your subconscious mind knows about all of these things. It's connected into the database of universal intelligence, the morphic field, the database of all that is. And so it knows exactly what you need. And uh, the body code is just a simple way for you to drill down and find out what it is that you need. So I love this so much. Thank you so much, Dr. Brad. And for sure. anyone that wants more information, I will say, I feel like your website, you've done a great job of putting some videos and updating that. That's discoverhealing.com. Oh. I have a link to it on my website. Um, I really, I mean, you gave us a lot of detail, but the emotion code and now the body code books too. There's just, you know, read the books. He teaches how to do it too. This is something like you can then immediately start doing on mm -hmm. yourself, which is, you know, what we're talking about. I love that. Um, yeah. and so make sure you go and check it out to get a lot more detail. And is there anything else, Dr. Brad, that maybe you wanted to share that we didn't get to today or any last words of wisdom from you today? Well, you know, um, we are living in a fascinating time, um, prophets and holy men throughout the ages have foreseen this time that we're living in right now. And they, they've longed to be here, but they lived at a different time. But the time that we're living in is a time when 
all of mankind's knowledge is is showering down on the earth all the knowledge that was ever known uh, knowledge that was never known before it's all coming out it's all coming back in the world and and so um so what's happening is the earth is is kind of in labor the way i look at it the, this world is in a process of transforming there is a new world coming and it's been talked about and spoken of and and prophesied for thousands and thousands of years. And we're living right now, we're right on the cusp of that. And because the world is about to transform in the next, I think, I don't know how long, but in the, in the next period of time, um, these old power structures that have held sway over man uh, and have really kept man in darkness and in slavery for thousands and thousands of years, we see those power structures fighting with everything they have to keep mankind in darkness and to keep mankind in slavery and to maintain control over everyone. But what's happening is the level of consciousness in this world is increasing every day at an accelerating rate. And so people all over the world are waking up. They're waking up to realize uh, what's really going on. It's a fascinating thing to watch. This work is part of that, you see. You have a birthright. Every man, every woman, every child in this world has a birthright to heal, to be able to heal themselves in many, many ways and heal their family members and their loved ones. What this work does, it has come down from up above because it's time for you to start taking back this power for yourself, to be able to heal your kids and heal your loved ones, your parents, your friends, your family members. And it's so easy. Uh, it's not difficult at all. And so um, I guess that's what I would say really in closing is that um, it's, it's time for you to, to take back your own power because we, I don't know how long ago, I mean, maybe thousands of years ago, we gave up our power or we've never really had it because we've never realized what we're capable of. But this is the time right now. And this is part of this transformation. And the world that is coming is going to be a world where everyone is going to be living from their heart instead of from their head. War is going to be a thing of the past. Imagine, wouldn't that be great to get to that point? We're, that's where we're going, see? And that's what's so exciting about this. And I'm grateful to just to work here uh, and have a job, you know, because um, everything that's happened to me in my life has prepared me to bring this work into the world. You've got to try this. You can start with the emotion code. It's so simple. Just try it. Um, you know, if you like it, you you can actually make money doing it if you want to. You can. You don't have to uh, be bound uh, to a desk or anything. You can live. Uh, you can travel. You can take your work with you. Um, you know, you can work from home. You don't ever have to actually see anybody. In fact, um, it's really funny. We were in Istanbul um, this last last year. I think it was in June and uh, in Turkey. And we happened to meet a young guy there uh, who showed up with his wife and his family, a uh, young guy, uh, young kids. And he, um, name is Umer. And he told us he's a body code practitioner. So he got certified in the emotion code, then the body code. He's from Pakistan, but he lives in Turkey. And uh, he said, uh, he said, you guys have no idea. He said, you've completely changed our lives because um, he works, uh, he does, he told me he, did, he does 10 to 15 
body coach sessions a day, every day, seven days wow. a week. Wow. <laughs> and he said, most of his clients are in the U S and they just, they just pay him in advance. Uh, and then he doesn't ever even talk to anybody. He, he just works on him remotely and then sends him an email with the results and he's getting phenomenal results with people. And, um, and so isn't that interesting? And my wife said, well, you know, you really should take Sundays off. You should take at least one day off <laughs> seven days a week. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, well, I love that. And that is true. I have people that they, I can't get them in and they say, well, you just do an email session. So again, they're yeah. not on the phone with me or anything. They just tell me what's going on. I do the session. I email them what I found and they still feel the benefits of it. That's what's so yeah. incredible. So, yeah. well, thank you so much for taking the time today to talk with us and for the work that you do. I know I, I am so, so grateful. Thank you. Well, thank you, Siobhan, for all the great work that you're doing. And, uh, Thank you for giving me an opportunity to talk to your uh, your listeners. I uh, uh, this has been really a lot of fun, and hopefully we can do it again. Good. Cool. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day, and remember, life is so much sweeter without sugar.